I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. So we have a question from one of our friends today. Yeah, one of our faves. <laughs> okay, it says, hello you two. I'm a long-time listener, first-time writer. I'm interested to know how you have kept dreaming and expanding as you have reached your goals. Some background, when I first started my business almost a decade ago now, I was a blogger with a day job and I had no idea that my musings would eventually become something that actually paid our mortgage. At first, buying my own domain name felt like the biggest step I could take, but it ended up being the gateway drug. After I had a website, my focus was on building an audience, reaching clients, accruing income and finding my flavour of this work. Like many of us, I've had to keep expanding my vision and my goals to learn how to work for myself and not be an asshole boss, to find ways to support myself through loneliness and claim my territory in a saturated market. Now I'm at a really great place in my business and I'm so proud of what I've built. And I'm also wondering what's next. It's not an entirely uncomfortable place, but it is new. I heard Elizabeth Gilbert say once that mastery is boring. And while that feels a little harsh, I think there's something in it. And I wonder if this rings true for you. Once we've established a business, how do we stay devoted to it? Much love and ginger nuts from Sass. Thank you, Sass, for the ginger nuts. They will fuel us to answering your question. <laughs> what are your thoughts when you heard this one? I relate to it an awful lot, actually, because I think there is this thing where you get a few years into your business where you've kind of tackled a lot of the major hurdles earlier on and you get to that comfort zone and then that question of what's next. And it's almost like going back to the beginning again and, and you have to climb out of your comfort zone, which is really easy to resist it sounds like me you and Saskia all relate to getting to a place in our business that we probably never thought we'd get to yeah and even though that looks wildly different for each of us when you started off you didn't picture being where you are now like I've said this before on the show my dream was to make 10 grand when yeah. I started like you get to this point where you're at a point where you didn't you never planned to get to that point so you don't have the tools to know what to do with that point because your mind's just a little bit blown that you got there in the first place yeah and like quite often the ultimate dream that we've kind of reached even if it was a dream we hadn't quite dared to dream that's been a whole lifetime in the making so then when you get there you're like well now I need the re- another lifetime to come up with a new plan but you don't have that and it's kind of unknown because there's a lot of noise out there to guide you with starting a business and surviving the first few years of business the further you get into business there's less support in terms of like lots of content and information totally. because just of the way the industry works there's less people at that stage absolutely and also you become more different I think yes. at the start we're all we've all got a lot in common we're all facing the same obstacles but as your business becomes more kind of dynamic and more complex what you're facing and what your kind of next steps are are so different for each person and I also feel like in the journey of getting to where we are now in our businesses and I wonder if Sas can relate to this you change. Yeah. Like I'm not who I was when I first started. Oh yeah. I know Sass would agree with that. Definitely. We've talked about it. So then you have to kind of catch up. You're like, whoa, who have I become in all of this? Like, cause I don't know about you, Sarah, sometimes when I'm kind of exploring what's next or, or making go, I come up against old stories. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's not who I am. Oh, that's not what I do. And then you have to be like, no, there's been a whole space of time between that version of yourself, but your brain is still kind of figuring that out. If that makes sense. Totally. Well, business is therapy, isn't it? And it makes you confront all sorts of stuff. And Sass is a pretty sorted person. I think she's probably confronted most of this crap with herself long ago. But but there's always going to be stuff that we struggle with. And especially, I think, knowing yourself as a person can be different to knowing your business. I think I always see parallels between my business and my marriage. So like, I think with like, when you're married to someone in a long-term relationship, 
you love them. It's a fundamental feeling you have for them, but you still have to wake up every day and choose to be in love with them mm. in your actions because you can get complacent and you can just get irritated by that person's face sometimes. <laughs> I'm laughing because my husband will be editing this podcast and probably very upset that I said Alex, that. we love you. <laughs> but I, I think like a business is the same thing that you have to, it's a choice to show up to it. It's a choice to say devoted to it. It's kind of a choice to carrying on this metaphor like honor the vows that you made to your business like yeah. you do in your marriage but also something I read about marriage all the time is kind of like if you're lucky you'll have a marriage to lots of different people but to the same person yeah and I think that's the same with the business because nothing scares me more actually two things scare me at exactly the same time the thought of things changing and becoming something that I have to stretch myself for that scares me but then also for the next 50 years my business being exactly the same scares the hell out of me absolutely. too absolutely yeah and actually, can you recognize which one of those are the two more dangerous scenarios? The business yeah, like totally. And, and I think we've talked on this show before about the businesses that you can recognize from the outside that haven't evolved and haven't moved. It's like really easy to spot them on the high street. And you can see that they're not going to be able to survive. We have to keep changing and evolving. And actually, like you saying that, that, that your fear is being made to confront things that feel challenging for you. I'm hoping for that for you. Like, <laughs> you, that doesn't sound like a bad thing for you at all. It's bad for me. But it's not bad for anyone else. I think as humans, we crave growth. Like we are people who grow and we're also so afraid of it because to grow means that we have to leave our comfort zones. And when you're getting a business off the ground and just getting it to be a place where it's sustainable, you kind of know what you're supposed to be doing every day. And you never plan for when it's sustainable. Yeah. And so you are in this place then where you're like, okay, I don't want to stand still because I really do believe that a business in motion stays in motion. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that by that you have to hustle yourself into the ground or always be doing something new, but you have to be in a relationship with the business. You can't, if you switch off and you lose the devotion to it, the business dies. Totally. And the motion is redefined because once you get, the hustle looks different when you've been in business for a long time and when you've already got to a certain level of sustainability, I guess. And I think to pivot, to go in a different direction can sometimes take us away from some of the markers of success that we've been living by. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you know your business is healthy by how much, how many bookings you're getting or how much you're turning over or, you know, growth on social media or whatever metrics you're using to measure it. And you suddenly decide, actually, the next thing I need for my business is to take a year off and write a book. It means failing by those traditional metrics for a little while or not having the same momentum but you are still in movement, you are still in growth. It's just reframing what that means for you. Yeah, and I would also be devil's advocate and say that sometimes we have to be okay with the fact if growth doesn't look how it's expected. Yeah. To look. This is something me and you talk about so much because there's so much that we have in common and there's also so much that fundamentally different ambitions that we have totally, for our lives. Yeah. And, and, like, and so I think sometimes for I was having this conversation with someone in DMs the other day and that kind of idea of there's certain dreams that you could chase, like if you want to write a book or you want to start a conference or all these different types of things. But what if you only sometimes would only chase certain dreams because you think, oh, well, I'm at this stage. I it's should chase I should this dream. Do. And I think sometimes we think growth has to be flashy and big because Sass said something really interesting in a letter where she was like, mastery is boring and kind of what do we think mm. of that? And for me... In the quietest moments of my truth for my business, mastery is the most exciting thing for me. Yeah. Which I think is, I always feel like an oddball for that. Like, I feel like, like I had this kind of mantra of like, go deeper, not wider in my business. And I have many dreams, but if I think of a core dream in my business, it's I want to continue to become the best coach that I can be. And I want my work to become the best it can be. But then I also understand on the other side of that is you have the work that you do for other people, your service to the world, whether it's you're a coach, you're a writer, you're a designer 
all these different types or a teacher, all these different types of things. And you have to master in that if you want it to be sustainable and if you want to be fulfilled from the work. But then there's the concept of being like a shadow artist. So your creativity helps other people in their journey. Yeah. And I feel like when you're getting a business off the ground, that's where you have to put a lot of your energy into. Also, bear with me, everyone here, because I'm posting this out loud as I say it. <laughs> but I think that you get to a point in your business where you have a little bit more space to connect to the artist again. Right. Yes. And that's scary because sometimes that's the part of yourself that not that you have to neglect, but that has to come second to the business's needs. Totally. That's that feels so true for me. That's exactly where I've been kind of in my own business. And it is it's confronting, I think, when you suddenly go, now I have to actually pay attention to this other side of things. Without losing the devotion that your business needs to stay sustainable. Right. I kind of see my creativity at the moment as my side hustle interesting if that makes sense. yeah that's a really good way of framing it so my business is my day job it's a day job that I've built that I love that I have so much freedom in and it gives me a lot of space and time to pursue things that I don't need to make me any money because I've got making money for my business right okay should we share what we do to try and maintain our devotion and excitement around a business that kind of feels more like a past the honeymoon phase now yeah so something just a real whenever I get into that moment where I'm like oh like am I what do I want next where am I going what's my motivation I make a list of the people whose work in the world really inspires me and it's not that I want to become them it's just that maybe they're five ten years ahead of me Mm -hmm. and they've laid out a path that I really admire or I find something interesting about their work and then I actually ask myself what do you find interesting about their work and then I see what are the common threads in that, those people's works are currently my list what I've pulled out from it is the following um the people on my list they are very dedicated to the work they do for other people so they've really committed to that mastery which is probably why I find that so appealing but second the writers they all write in some form so they've got books so they've they, they are committed to their writing which is interesting to me because that's something that I'm passionate about and then the other thing is that they're developing projects that are a little left field yeah. So maybe it's a coach or a copywriter who also is writing like chiclet fiction. Do you know what I mean? Or totally. They've got that space then to pursue something that they're passionate about that doesn't have to fit in the mold of their business. And and it, I think just working myself through that gives me a lot of answers to my own desires. What about you? Love it. Well, it's really interesting what you said then, because that goes back to that, your creativity as your side hustle. What I love about framing it that way is that's a really familiar model to us all, right? Yeah. I'm sure when Sass was first starting out with her blog and buying her domain name and everything she said in her letter, it was a side hustle. It was a passion project. And actually, if we make space for those slightly left field, unexpected side projects, even if it purely is just an exercise in creativity, it comes back into our business, I think. And and quite often ends up not purely being an exercise in creativity because you bring all of the knowledge and insight that you've gleaned from your business to this next creative project and I think this beautiful thing happens when you've spent a big chunk of years building a business that's very you know any sustainable successful business is so solid you know who that person is their brand feels so clear once you're in that place not only do you have the space and time and freedom to flex that muscle behind the scenes but your brand gives you more freedom to experiment yeah publicly like I always think one of my favorite people and she's always on my list of people who inspire me is Alexandra Franzen Mm -hmm. and she's a copywriter and she's a writer and kind of her she does you know very b2b services for people but then she also has like erotic novels that she writes and like fun like chiclet novels that she writes and she does all these different things but it doesn't confuse you because she's built a brand over the past eight to ten years 
that you understand who she is. And she's at the center of it. Yes, and yeah. you understand who she is and all the elements of that. I feel like the longer you're in business, because when you're first starting out, it does need to be quite clear and focused. You can't be saying, hey, I'm trying to build this coaching business, but also read my poems about all these different things. And also I have a farm that I want you to come to. I'm making some <laughs> of the top of my head. It kind of confuses someone. Yeah. There's a time, I feel like for me in the first few years of my business, it was all about the business when I was showing up as the business. Absolutely. And you need it needs to be kind of your obsession. You need to be quite blinkered yeah. in that one project. But then once you've got that running in, it's kind of kind then of confending for itself almost you kind of have the freedom to publicly experiment which I think is the most exciting I think for me the times I feel most distressed in my business is when I feel boxed in yeah do you ever have like okay we're picturing these as fires like my business is like this big fire that's burning at all times and then like other little side projects that I'm working on are like fires that are burning and I'm like I'm committed to those fires but then I have like sometimes like a little spark mm. and I don't know yet what to do with it but it I'm damaging myself if I'm not exploring it. And that's, I guess, at this stage of my business, what I'm exploring with what to do with the things that have been little sparks for the past few years, but that I haven't had the capacity to explore. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, you get very good at just ignoring them yeah. by necessity. And especially because a lot of the time you're like, well, that spark is so unrelated yeah. to How would it fire. even fit? Yeah, it's not going to add anything to my fire. And I can't take on any new fires right now. I've got to take that relight my fire in my head. <laughs> Yeah, now now it sounds like for SAS and, and for anyone else kind of at this point in their business, it's that time to give yourself permission to to play with the spark. <laughs> and I guess there's two questions here because there's the how do you stay devoted to the business? Mm. And then there's the how do you also honour other interests that are coming up that you've had to neglect? If you think of me and Oliver as your business and you've made amazing things happen and reached probably success that you never even dreamed was possible. Totally. How do you now stay open to the uncomfortable not knowing what's ahead but also say devoted to your business like what's that journey been like for you for me I think because the business buys me the freedom to do those other things like the other things reignite my passion for my business because they make me so grateful for everything that I've kind of got at the core of it and like you said I feel like it all feeds back into it yeah. in such a strange way like even even if I went off and wrote some saucy star wars fan fiction i feel like i could bring people it all back it. yeah like my right people would get it they might not want to read it but <laughs> maybe that's a bad example and also i think for me at the heart of my business and at the heart of everything i do is community mm -hmm. and that is what brings my enthusiasm back to my business and that's what evolves my business so the conversations i'm having with the people that i serve through my business are always lighting those sparks for me they're making me think wow I could do something about that or I've got loads of answers I could offer about that yeah. and that kind of digging back into my community always brings my enthusiasm back into my business I think knowing who you are in your business and what your value is yeah. in your business is like your north star in many ways like knowing who you are and knowing why you're doing this for me if I ever get lost I come back to that it's like who am I in this and what what is this whole thing about because forget that it makes me money like what am I actually trying to do here that helps and I think it's you have to surrender to the unknown like I'm a planner it's like I like to know everything that's going to happen in my life and how it's going to happen and I think as a business I literally have no idea what will happen five years from now there's a book that um the editor of Cosmos just written called the discomfort zone 
which I'm halfway through. And in that, she talks about this, that basically like we have to get really familiar with that place where it feels uncomfortable and not safe. And she talks really openly about how she built a magazine. She was working for Women's Health magazine and she it was terrifying and it didn't look like it was going to succeed. And then it did. And she was just like, finally, I've got to a comfortable place. And then she got the call to say, come and edit Cosmo. And she was like, I wanted to say no. I wanted to stay where it was comfortable, but I knew deep down that I had to go back into the discomfort zone. And I I feel like that's true for all of us. And that's kind of where you get to in your business. You get to this point where you're like, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm not being challenged on a day-to-day basis. I remember how hard it was to get here. Logically, why would you want to take a leap and put yourself back and kind of square one in that? But there's something in us that needs us to. Yeah. And and that's going to look different for everyone. I think I always believe that we go through different seasons in our business. Totally, yeah. So you, like, Sass might be in a season of mastery right now. And maybe on the other side of that is an opportunity that she doesn't know is coming. Or maybe, I'm just making this up, Sass, but like maybe you have a dream that you've kind of kept in the background for a while. I know Sass does a book that she wants to be working yeah, on. Yeah, we need a Sass book. <laughs> you now, your business is now granting you the freedom to not be in survival mode. Mm. And when you get out of survival, survival mode is a really kind of it's not an easy place to be but it's a focused place to be yeah it's got its own momentum yeah you just well I have to keep going because I have to pay the bills but you you have to stay devoted enough so that it keeps surviving but then I think it also comes down to trusting your business you have to trust your business enough for you to step back a tiny bit to explore what's next do you know what I mean totally and I wonder if we get to a certain stage in our business where that's the coping mechanism if we stay in survival mode Mm. because we're too scared to take a step back and ask ourselves the bigger question because I don't know about you sometimes, Sarah. I'm not, I'm not proud of myself for what I'm about to say, but getting my business off the ground was such a big, hard push. There's a big part of me that doesn't want to have to do that again. To- you yeah, know, I totally, totally relate to that. And I think that's actually, that's okay as well. Like as a counterpoint, sometimes the bravest choice and the best way to grow is to just dig down. And I'm thinking of Tara Moore, who said to me, I said to her, you know, what, what's next? What are you working on? And she was like, I just, I don't feel like I've done my work here yet. Like I, I think she she mentioned she thinks it's quite often a pressure on women to be like keep proving yourself mm. keep doing the next thing keep growing and she felt like actually doubling down on what she's doing and on playing big is where her kind of zone of genius is right now and that's what she needs to do and I thought that's equally brave and equally uncomfortable yeah I think you have just put into words there exactly how I feel like the one you just said I don't think I'm done here I feel like I'm just getting started here. Yeah. And I don't know if Sass feels the same. I also think there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, I am done here. I remember, um, so one of my favorite podcasts is the Dear Sugars podcast. Mm-hmm. And they recently just ended it. And Cheryl said, Cheryl said, she said that she knew there was a day would come that she would have said everything she wanted to say with that project. So it's really okay also to have like, I've done what I wanted to do with this area of my work. Yeah. But it's also okay to say, I'm just getting started. Um, I look at someone like Brene Brown, who has spent, I think, 20, 30 years researching shame, vulnerability, courage. Her work is so meaningful to so many people's lives because she has conquered down and she wasn't done with it with like she wrote one yeah. book I think when I look at the people whose work impacts me the most it's because they really stayed with it but your passion has to stay with it as well and if your yeah. passion is taking you in another direction we have to honor that and follow it because that might be where our next yeah. really important work is going to be so it is it all comes back to intuition I suppose and listening to yourself there's an exercise in the new journal that Brianna Weist has just brought out oh, you were the hero of your own life that's the one and um just such a simple exercise and something that like you could do right at the start of your business but I think it's something we forget to revisit when we go further along and she gets you to break down 
the things that you're good at. Oh, the Venn diagram. Yeah. yeah. The things you're good at, the things you enjoy, and the things that the world needs yes, more of. I love that exercise. And then where do they where do they overlap? What what common things are on all three? And I feel like that would be a really valuable exercise for anyone at this place right at the start of your business when you're like, I don't know what I'm doing and how I can be of service, yeah. but equally when you reach a point where you're kind of looking for where to go next, because usually we do have the answers. It's just actually... We're scared of them. Yeah. We're scared. Sometimes we're scared to have to push ourselves to do something new. And sometimes we're scared if the answer is no, stay right here. Mm. Something that gives me a lot of clarity, because I feel like I'm in this right now. Um, me too. Something that's been giving me a lot of clarity recently is asking myself, where do I feel most alive in my business? And where do I feel the most just in flow? Like, where is my zone of genius? And for me, the answer is when I'm coaching and connecting with people and when I'm writing and exploring my ideas and expressing them so that they can hold space over people. That gives me a lot of answers moving forward because especially as a coach, the more, I guess, common trajectory is that someone coaches and then they transition into courses and products. Mm -hmm. And I... I've never really had the desire to go into that path. Yeah. And I've always felt a bit weird because of that. I, I sometimes regularly ask my husband, like, do I have no ambition? Like, what's wrong with me? But the truth is, for me, coaching is, that's where my heart is and that's where my real work is. And it's been interesting. I had a couple of weeks off a few weeks ago and then I came back and my first day, and I remember saying to my husband at the end of the day, like, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And that clarity it's so powerful for me just to show me where I'm going next as well. Even it's a if, great feeling as well. Even if where you're going next is carrying on down the road you're yeah. on. And there's still over, there's doors that I want to open to other roads to my creative side hustles. But I guess asking yourself, where do I feel really great in my work right now? Because maybe for someone listening is that they do have client work in some industry, but they also have maybe like a side project and the side project's where their energy is. Mm-hmm. And that's showing them you don't have to stay doing this thing that you don't, you know, because you, you don't have to make a change overnight. You can start to transition. Or maybe someone has an inclination of a dream they might want to explore but they don't know I think it's also giving yourself permission to explore something if you don't know if you'll be like it or not yet or if you'll be very good at it yeah like it's it's, it's hard when you're so used to being kind of good good at what you do and you've built something successful and especially when if you've built an audience like Sass has you've got people watching and so it's it's extra hard because you're like if this is this involves me falling flat on my face or just having to go actually no let's put that away it can feel like the world is watching but actually I think we can teach so much and help other people just through doing that as well because the more we see people just trying shit out and liking it and not liking it making it work not making it work the more we can see it's acceptable for everyone and I also get so excited there's the people who are on my list that I mentioned earlier I've been following their work for years and they most of them if not all of them have been in business for I guess at least six years plus some of them have been in business for 20 years and what I love more than anything is it's that word devotion. They're so devoted to their work that you see the evo- the evolution feels so solid. Like when they put something new out into the world or when they try a new experiment, sometimes they might try something and it's not a right fit for them, but it all feels very, just very solid. Like nothing's rushed. Yeah. And that's the luxury that having a solid business gives you, isn't it? It's like yeah. you're not having to do things on whims or like half-assed. I think also... Just like we have to continue to fall in love over and over again with our partners or our friends or our family, I think we have to choose to fall in love over and over again with our business. In the beginning, the fire and the heat is like, I'm making money for the first time. And oh my God, this That's happened. like your crush. Yeah. And that's like the honeymoon <laughs> period. And then many years in, you're kind of like, eh, I've done this. And I also think it's the thing that helps me a lot is also like four years ago, I would have weeped with joy to have what I have now. And I do think we live in a world where the world wants us to want more outside of ourselves mm. because that's how capitalism survives and the oh, patriarchy absolutely. survives. And so 
sometimes a way to reclaim our own independence in a society like that is to say this is enough not enough to the point where you become complacent but this is enough for me to be happy and I don't need anything more to to make me a happy person this is just an opportunity for me to deepen my impact in the world or my legacy or my joy I think you're totally right with what you said about Tara says like as women we feel pressure to always be going to the next level yeah it's interesting the word that jumped out to me from what you just said was opportunity because this is an opportunity for sass because she's she's recognizing this kind of capacity within her to yeah. do something more. I think that's what that's at the heart of it. And it's an opportunity for the rest of the world because we get to benefit yes. from whatever yes. decision SAS comes to. But there's kind of an opportunity, like there's a lot of pressure that comes with that as well, because you can't ignore it. Either way, you have to decide to double down on what you're doing and do more of it, to decide to do nothing and let that opportunity pass, or to decide to to take something. And so it, it's it's an uncomfortable feeling it's a feeling of pressure and that is mainly external I also think we can't underestimate having people to go through this journey with like I know for me just having you to talk that is so what I was thinking I was thinking me you and Sass need to get on the call (laughs) because finding people you trust outside your business who can tell you what they see and even if you they tell you what they see and you're like no, that's not what I want to do. It gives you more answers still. Yeah, it still gives you that insight into into how how your business is and how how it feels. You also need someone to remind you how far you've come, but I also think at this certain stage in the business, it's like it, there's just not as much noise out there to support you in this stage no. of your business and I think more intimate connection is what you need in that moment and also I guess surrendering to the fact that the answer may only come on the other side of exploration mm. do you know what I mean like yeah. and also you get to experiment behind the scenes about anything affecting your external yeah you don't have to jump on Instagram and be like I've decided to be a surfer <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get to although please do that <laughs> but I think in that terms of how do we stay devoted to it that bigger question I think we have to find ways to stay in relationship with our business because you get stuck if you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I know as a coach, I know Sass is a coach, the good thing with being a coach is you're never doing the same thing over and over again. Because your clients bring something different. Bring something new to the table. And the only way I feel like as a coach, you start to feel like you're doing something over and over again is if you coach on autopilot. Mm. And so as long as you are being very present in that work, you are always got something to learn from it. And I think all of us, especially if your business is something that's very service-based to other people, something that maybe you've sacrificed in that journey is your own creative expression. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's something to come home to. But I think for me, how to stay devoted to it is just showing up and choosing it every single day and and paying attention to what I learn and discover every day too and paying attention to what excites me and also what doesn't excite me because some of the things that would be expected to do at this next stage don't excite me. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's okay. And I think also not looking outside of yourself for the answers because I could look at that list, for example, of people who I admire. I don't want always want what they've done. Yeah, not the same choices. But it's for me, the big thing I learned from that list is the integrity that they do everything with and the courage they do everything with. Mm-hmm. And just so pay attention also to what what do you see that lights you up as a human that even sparks envy within you because that's sometimes helpful. Totally. totally. Like, like what what do, you, what do you think about saying devoted to business? I really like the metaphor you've been using of it, it being like a marriage or long, like a long-term relationship partnership and that you can keep changing and you can keep adding in new ways to light the spark and keep it alive. 
But it's falling in love with a different facet of your business is very different to falling in love with somebody else. Yes. So reinventing your relationship is very different to going off with someone from (laughs) down the road and having a bit of a fling. And I think it's in finding that nuance, finding what is the new facet to your business versus the whole new business that actually just looks shiny and new and exciting when really what we need is people who are going to stay the course in, in their true path. And I know that's us so tuned into her true path so I'm not concerned that she's gonna do that this I don't know if this is what Sassy's struggling with because it sounds like she's worked through a lot of this stuff in earlier in the letter but I think sometimes for some people they've been working so hard in their business that they're exhausted and the thing that they're actually disconnected to is themselves Mm. and sometimes the path to know what to do next is to reconnect to yourself and do nothing for a while yeah just have a season of I think we do live in a world where we see everyone doing cool things and then we feel like, well, I should be doing cool things. And sometimes you need a whole season away to figure it out. I just, everyone's path's going to look different here, but I think it's a pretty good problem to have. Yeah. Whatever Sass decides, I'm pretty sure that we're all going to benefit from it. So thank you for, thank you in advance for whatever it's going to (laughs) be. And the good thing is at this stage in your business, you don't have to start from scratch ever again. Yeah, that work is done. I always say to my clients, because the hardest thing about getting a business off the ground sometimes is getting people to care about the business, but it's a snowball effect. So after you've got that first, over that mountain, it snowballs, snowballs. And once you get to this stage, you've got people who are so invested. Like take Elizabeth Gilbert, for example. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Then she wrote a novel. And then she brought Big Magic out, which is so left field to anything she'd done before. Actually, if you look at the path, it all lines up. And it's totally kind of reinvented her career. And it's given her a whole new a whole new business that's kind of swamped what she did before but it's all feels like she is the brand Elizabeth Gilbert's at the heart of it and now she's recently just announced a novel that she's bringing out and it's like but people are so invested in her that they go along the ride with her it's the multi-hyphen method isn't it yeah. it's the idea that actually we can all keep reinventing ourselves as long as we're staying true to kind of the core message of who we are and we can we contain multitudes this is something I think about a lot that I can be someone who is like really steady and focused in my business and then in certain areas of my creativity I want space just to be like a mess mm. do you know what I mean yeah I also think we find an identity in our business sometimes that we then get to a certain point where we need to break down some of those walls so that we're allowed to be more than just a coach or a designer yeah. or a writer yeah and sometimes I guess it's a cliche but sometimes you have to be brave enough to dream dreams that you're afraid to dream yet I'd be really interested for me and you and possibly Sass as well to listen back to this episode in like five years yeah, time. Yeah, we'd probably laugh. Yeah. And, and, also- and then probably have loads more wisdom and be like, oh, we were so naive. <laughs> because we'll be there. Like whether we like it or not, we will be wherever our businesses will be in five years. And so will all of our listeners. And it's quite exciting actually to think of it that way. Do you have any dreams or anything that like what's your tiny fire right now? fiction writing I was just gonna say the same thing yeah yeah I know because you're doing it as well aren't you and I feel like like it's that is it's terrifying Mm because it's so unknown and it's so different to writing informatively which is what we've been doing for so long but I definitely feel like there's space within both of our businesses to do that and also like if you're listening and you're not you're not relating to that that's fine too you yours could be something else completely yeah I feel like it's such a cliche again but people say like go back to your childhood to get these answers sometimes because we all have I know for me like we all have dreams as a kid that were squashed out of us by society or just like people being rude or mean and I think sometimes but yeah I think and it's okay just to sit down and ask yourself what the dreams I'm too afraid to dream write them down then run away for a bit from that piece of paper (laughs) absolutely but I feel like we have, we're in this with Sass probably too much to give concrete advice right now. Yeah, but hopefully she feels like at least she's had a bit of a chat yeah. with us and maybe recognised some elements of herself in it. And we have tackled a lot of kind of um, first step 
topics yeah in this podcast so far so hopefully for anyone listening who is further along in their business and wondering is what is next it's a podcast let you know that you're not alone in that yeah and we'd love to hear what you guys think because obviously there'll be people out there who have worked through this and come out the other side and have got more wisdom and maybe people who are kind of coming up to it and have extra questions or extra insight to share so come and tell us on social media on twitter or on instagram under the hashtag dear hopeful creative yeah we would love to hear from you you can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon. Bye.